What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Casual Big Ten Podcast. Today is Thursday, May 25th. My name is Kent Peterson. I'm the host of this show. And today on the show, we are going to do a full breakdown of the entire Big Ten football conference. I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen this year, who's going to win which game, and how the divisions are going to end up in the standings this year. Um, I, I know it. I got the playbook, man. I know exactly what's going to happen, so I'll tell you all that. I wanted to do it early this summer, though, and here's why. I have a couple of guests coming on. I already, I've already i been talking about this for a couple of weeks. I'm trying to get somebody from each team. I think that I will. I'm well on my way right now. But I wanted to have a baseline of like what I thought was going to happen before these guys came on or these girls, whoever I have come on, and uh, be able to say, hey, this is what I think is going to happen. This is how I see it shaking out, what your record's going to be, who you're going to beat, who you're going to lose to, and uh, so on and so forth. So I'm going to start right there with the baseline. I'm going to start in the West today, and then I'll go over to the East. I'm going to try to do it quickly because I think my kids are going to be home from school in about 20 minutes. Last day of school today. Very exciting day for them. Um, so they're going to be coming roaring in the door shortly. So I'm going to try to knock this out real quick. But I have done some extensive, probably way too much research, more than normal for sure, on each team. And uh, this is just like, you know what I think is going to happen this year. That's just what I think is going to happen, what I'm about to say. Um, I'm not an expert on each team, but like I said, I've done as much research as I care to do for these teams. And I don't know how, I don't know everything. But I'm going to try to do my best to break this down for you guys. With all those precursors on it, here we go. We're going to start out in the West. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you will see that there is going to be a schedule that pops up on each of the teams that I talk about. So you'll see who they're going to play and who I think is going to win. And this is kind of how I did my predictions uh, for each team. Minnesota is who I have finishing in last place out West, which is kind of wild because they had a decent year last year. They were nine and four, and then they finished five and four in the conference, the crazy or in the, in the conference, but a crazy division out there out West last year, there was just a lot of movement, a lot going on. Um, so a lot of wins were up for grabs and I don't think it's going to be like that out West this year. I think it's going to be a lot more competitive. And in my opinion, Minnesota lost way too much production. You don't have Tanner Morgan anymore. He's on the Steelers roster now. He got signed as a unrestricted, uh, what? not a free agent. What do you call it? Uh, undrafted guy. He didn't get drafted, but he got signed by the Steelers. Um, same thing for Mo Ibrahim. He got signed by the Lions. And that was their starting quarterback and their starting running back last year. So you say, hey, well, well who is the second running back? Well, that was Trey Potts. And guess what? He's gone too because he wanted to go to Penn State and be probably, honestly, their third back. He could have probably been a starter at Minnesota, and he said, no, nah, I'm going to go to Penn State. Uh, we'll go compete. And uh, him leaving is big because now you're like you're looking in the Minnesota backfield and you're like, who's going to be the guy out there? Who's going to be the guy that's going to lead us in the backfield? His name is Sean Tyler. He's coming from Western Michigan University. He had over 1,000 yards last year, but he played in the MAC. So he's going to have a big learning curve coming into the Big Ten, and especially out west where I think, it, to me, it just feels like out west there's more defense. I think I think it might feel like that just because the offenses aren't as good out there. So um, in my opinion, this is a massive year, a massive year for P.J. Fleck. 
and to see what they're going to do. On defense, they have a couple of guys coming back that are uh, kind of leaders for them last year. There was uh, Sori Marin and Jordan Howden. They were in their top three tacklers last year. And then who did I write down that they're leaving? Oh, I'm sorry. Those guys are gone. That's that's the two that are leaving. Um, I don't know who they have coming back on defense. I really don't know. I don't have anybody written down that's coming back on defense. Um, Kalika Manis is going to be the quarterback, though. I do know that. He had a couple spot starts last year and played a little bit. And he threw three touchdowns and four interceptions. So I don't think that that's good for a starting quarterback. I'd be worried if I was a Gophers fan this year. Um, I think that they're going to take a step back and all the way back to the back of the division um, out west is how I see this shaking out. It's just just how I feel. The only team that will be competing for them for that last place spot is this next team that I'm going to talk about, and that's Northwestern. They were the ones that finished last in the division last year, and uh, they finished last in the conference. They only won one game last year, and the way that I see it this year, I, th- I think they can get to three wins, and I think two of those wins are going to be in conference because I do think they're going to beat Minnesota. And again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see this schedule now. Um, I think that they're going to beat Minnesota, and then I also think that they're going to win that opener at Rutgers because I think Rutgers is going to be really bad this year. Um, if you're looking at Northwestern, what do they have coming back? Bruce Gallagher, he was their leading tackler. He had 100 total tackles last year. And then, of course, we've talked about this already. You have A.J. Henning, the wide receiver coming from uh, Michigan. And then you also have Ben Bryant, who I mistakenly called, uh, what did I call him, Braden the other day, or last week when I was talking about him. His name's Ben, though. Ben Bryant, the kid from Cincinnati that's coming in. This is actually kind of crazy. I saw a tweet. Um, the other day that said that Ben Bryant is the highest graded quarterback in the Big Ten. And that was according to Pro Football Focus and their college football account. He was higher than Tangavailoa and he was higher than J.J. McCarthy. But even with those two guys, explosive guy at wide receiver, a highly rated quarterback coming in from Cincinnati, I still think, as my kids are walking in right now and I'm just getting started, I still think that Northwestern's going to have a rough time this year. They're going to have a rough time. Their home games against Penn State, home games against Maryland and Iowa and Purdue, that's a rough go for them. And for me, Northwestern, one of the wildest things for me is the love that they have for Pat Fitzgerald, even though he continues to lose football games. I don't understand it. I The only thing that I can take away from it is that they're not expecting to win very many games so they're just like cool with pat because he's like a good guy and uh they just like him there so uh northwestern i see them going three and nine and finishing two and seven in the conference i'm gonna pause for just a second and let my kids know that i'll be done in just a minute y'all hold please all righty then i think i'm back now uh i need to go a little bit faster i just noticed i'm already at eight minutes almost and i'm only on two teams done uh, Wisconsin is who I have finishing in, what would that be? Let's see, fourth place out west? Yeah. Um, that's not Wisconsin, that's Illinois. I lied. All right, I'm going to refocus. My kids are home. I need to finish this recording. Not quickly. They're, they're going to be fine. Mom's home too, so they're fine. Um, Illinois is who I have finishing in fourth place out west. 
Um, they have 13 starters coming back this year, and you're not going to know any of their names unless you are an Illinois fan because I didn't know a single one of them. Um, here's who I do know from Illinois, though. Chase Brown, Tommy DeVito, and Devin Witherspoon. Gone, gone, gone. And that's like their two best offensive players. I, I, I guess you would say Chase Brown definitely was. Tommy DeVito, their starting quarterback last year. And then Devin Witherspoon was their best player on defense last year. Um, I think that they're going to take a slight step back. They were competing for the division last year, and I don't think that they're going to be doing that this year with those guys gone. I'm not really sure who's going to step up in those spots. I, I really didn't know. I looked at their roster, their depth chart, and honestly, I didn't know their names. I didn't know who they were. I didn't know who they were at all. Partially because I'm a casual, but partially because I don't think that they're going to be that good. That's the other reason why. Um, I have Illinois finishing at 6-6, six and 3-6 six, and six in the conference. I think their biggest win is going to be against Nebraska at home, a Nebraska team that's going to be improved this year. And then I think that their toughest loss is going to be when they go to Minnesota. Um, because Minnesota, like I said, they're going to be like at the bottom of the division as well. So those guys are, that's going to be a competitive game. I think it's going to be close. Um, but I think that Minnesota is going to win that game. Illinois' defense was crazy last year. They were really good. And when you lose a guy, when you lose a couple of guys, actually, but mainly the guy, Devin Witherspoon, who's like a top pick in the NFL draft, um, you're going to have to take a step back. That's just how it goes. You just have to. All right. Uh, finishing right above them, this would be third place in the Big Ten, fourth place. Fourth place. I'm, I'm going to get this down. How many teams are there again? Fourth place in the Big Ten West. That means that Illinois was in fifth place. Is uh, new head coach Matt Rule and Nebraska. They have a ginormous game to start the season against Minnesota because I think that this game is going to set the pace for what their season is going to be. So I think that their first game is probably the most important game. It's a big game. I don't think it's going to be their biggest game of the year, but it's a very important game to get their season started. To start in conference against a team that you definitely can beat this year, but it's on the road. So it's going to be a huge game for Nebraska. Um, leading rusher, Anthony Grant, is returning, so that's huge for their backfield. You also have um, Casey Thompson leaving. He went to FAU this year. And that means that a kid named Jeff Sims, who's coming in from Georgia Tech, he has some pretty good numbers from Georgia Tech. I'm kind of excited to see him play, is projected to be their starting starting quarterback this year. Um, who's he going to throw it to? Because I don't know, because Trey Palmer is gone. Trey Palmer was electric last year. That dude could super fast, very athletic, and could catch the ball. That's what you want from a wide receiver. And now he's playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So he's not going to be there anymore. Um, what else do we have? We had the defense that was ranked 11th in the big 10 last year. So they're definitely going to need to, to step it up. They have, uh, some really good guys in their defensive backfield coming back. A kid named miles farmer, which is the most hilarious Nebraska name ever, but he's actually really good. You have Ma Malcolm Hartzog who had the, uh, three interceptions for them last year. So you got two guys and that's a free safety and a strong safety. You got two guys right in the middle of their defensive backfield that are going to be returners and that are going to really step it up for them. 
And then, like I said, a uh, new head coach who I think is going to help out their defense quite a bit. I think that their uh, biggest game, like I said, was going to be Minnesota. And I think that their toughest loss is going to be against Michigan State. If you're looking at their schedule, they have to travel to Michigan State late in the year. And Michigan State's going to be down. So I think that when Nebraska goes there, Michigan State always has that one game where they like weren't supposed to win. It's going to be this one, I think. I think it's going to be against Nebraska. And I think it's going to be a kind of a heartbreaker because they're going to be Nebraska's going to be kind of right in contention out west, and then they're going to go up to East Lansing and they're going to lose, and then their season's basically going to be over at that point as far as competing. Um, but I think they make a bowl next year, and I think that they'll be fine. They'll be middle of the pack out west. Um, finishing in third place, this is kind of going to be a shocker. I know Purdue fans are not going to like this at all, but I see Purdue finishing in third place in the Big Ten West. They're not going to be going to Indianapolis this year again. Um, they'll be staying home. Um, speaking of at home, they actually have a big game as well to start the season against Fresno State. I know it's a big game because when I tweeted out all the games that I was excited for for week one, I got a ton of replies about how good Fresno State was. So if they're that good, you better freaking win that game if you want to have a good season. Um, Devin Mockaby, he's back this year. He's had nine touchdowns, almost a, almost 1,000 yards last year. So that's going to be helpful in their backfield. But here's what they're missing, though. They're Aiden O'Connell, who they loved him last year. Uh, he got drafted by the Raiders in the fourth round. So you have a kid named Hudson Card that's coming in from Texas who was probably looking around and saying, oh, boy, there's a lot of good quarterbacks here. I'm not going to stay here because I'm probably not going to play very much. So he's going to get every opportunity that he wants at Purdue to be able to throw the ball around. You're also losing uh, Jalen Graham to the NFL, who was their second leading tackler last year. And, uh, you know, the like I said, I've been saying this. I said it all last year. The West was crazy last year, and they won it. But it's going to be even more – I think it's going to be even more competitive this year. Um, they have a defense this year, Purdue does, that is led by Jamari Brown, who's also coming back. I forgot to mention that. And Cam Allen. And then you have uh, leading tackler Kane Sansuori, who will be in that defensive backfield too. When I was talking about Nebraska, I said that those guys uh, that I was talking about before – were defensive backs. Purdue's got some good defensive backs coming back. They're the ones that have the really good safeties. They got three guys back there that are going to be really good, either leading tacklers or leading interception guys for them last year. Um, but I, I see them losing some games, though. And I think that the heartbreaker is going to be in week four. This game's going to be amazing. And I'm glad it's so early in the season. Uh, Wisconsin coming down to Purdue. I think that Wisconsin could pull off that upset. Um, and that's going to be a huge win for them. But then you also have Purdue winning games uh, against Nebraska. You have Purdue winning against Northwestern. I think it's tough that week two they have to go to Virginia Tech. I already said that I thought, from what I've been told, Fresno State's going to be good. So they have a really tough schedule. If you're looking up and down the schedule, they have a, they're going to have a hard time with a brand-new quarterback who he might be good. He might be good, but, hey, push comes to shove. This is his first year at Purdue. He's not going to be super comfortable with all the guys, so we'll see if he can come right in and mesh. But I think that Purdue is not going to win the division this year, and they're actually going to finish in third place behind this next team who's going to finish in second place, and that's Wisconsin. Wisconsin, 
Brand new coach as well. Talked about Matt Rule at Nebraska. Luke Fickle's coming in, and they need him badly. They need him badly to help on defense because when you look around their defense, you're not seeing a ton of guys that are coming back, right? And last year, their defense wasn't that great either. Um, I have them finishing at 9-3, and 7-2 and two in the conference. Um, Wisconsin doesn't have a defensive guy that you look at and you're like, wow, this dude is crazy right here. Like, you don't have a guy that you can, like, hang your hat on and be like, I'm super cheering for this guy right here. But what you do have at Wisconsin is a, tradi a tradition of really good defense, just like a lot of the other teams out west. Um, and then you have a defensive-minded coach in Luke Fickle coming in who's going to make some major changes. I think that that's going to be great. Another major change that I think is going to happen in Wisconsin is that, and I'm hoping this happens because I'd like to see Wisconsin do this, um, Graham Mertz is gone, and I think that Wisconsin fans and most of the Big Ten are pretty excited that he's gone. People hated him last year. I didn't personally hate him, but people hated him. A uh, kid named Tanner Mordecai is coming in. I almost messed his name up. Mordecai from SMU. The last two seasons at SMU, Mordecai had 3,500 yards or more. In one of those seasons, he had 3,600 yards. Um, so I think that what he should do, and by he I mean Luke Fickle or whoever the offensive coordinator is because I don't know who that is, should let Mordecai come in and just absolutely air it out all year because you really – I'm not going to say you don't have anything to lose. It depends on how you start the season. You know, you have tough game, not a tough game. I think you'll beat Buffalo just fine. But then you go out to Washington State. I have them losing that game. You got to turn around and start winning some of these Big Ten games. So I think that one way that you can do that is to shift what you've done in the past, which is rely heavily on the run and Braylon Allen, who's also back this year. Um, so that's nice to be able to just turn around and hand it to him. But I think that you shift that just a little bit and you start throwing the ball around. You have uh, Shamir Dyke, who's back. He had a breakout season like in the second half of the year last year. So he'll be a big target for Mordecai this year. Um, and then you have new guys at wide receivers. Wide, wide receivers? Wide receiver. Um, kid named C.J. Wilson is coming from USC. He's supposed to be good. And then Will Pauling from Cincinnati, also from Cincinnati. Just like Ben Bryan earlier. Um, so I'm expecting a big shift in their offensive mindset, and I think that it'll be helpful for Wisconsin to do that and uh, be able to win some games out West. So with all those teams that I just covered, that leaves just one more team out West, and that's Iowa. I think that Iowa returns to the Big Ten Championship this year. I think they're going to go overall 10-2 and with their losses. Who do I have as their losses? I think they're going to lose the game at Iowa State Week 2. They're going to turn around. Uh, beat Western Michigan at home, obviously, and then they have a really tough game at Penn State. But when you look at the rest of Iowa's schedule, you're at home against Michigan State, home against Purdue. You go to Wisconsin. I think that's a winnable game. Um, home against Minnesota is going to be bad. At Northwestern, bad. Rutgers, bad. Illinois is going to be bad. And then I think you can go pull off, if, especially when you're in the lead out west, I think you can go out to Nebraska and get that win. Here's what Iowa has, okay? Luke Lockley, who is their tight end, and I think Iowa's tight end university. They always have good tight ends. He was their leading uh, receiver last year. And then I've talked about this kid before, but Caleb Johnson, um, who kind of had a breakout year. I, I say breakout year too much. He kind of 
came out of his shell a little bit last year. Um, and he was leading the backfield for uh, Iowa. I didn't see a lot of him at the beginning of the season, and I didn't watch their games that closely. But when I started watching more and more of their games, I was like really, really, really liking um, Caleb Johnson. I think that he's going to be a really good back for them. Um, really not a lot of losses, though, for Iowa. They have more talent coming in than they do losses. I forgot I had an Iowa shirt on today. You guys like that shirt? Um, the one guy that you have le- leaving is Arlen Bruce. He's going to Oklahoma State. He had 19 receptions for them last year, which was good for fourth on the team. Kind of surprising that that few receptions was in the top five on their team. But if you watched Iowa last year, their offense was so bad, that's really not that surprising. Um, and I think that their offense is going to be a lot better this year. Why? Cade, Cun- or Cade Cunningham. I always say Cade Cunningham. When you're from Detroit, that's the first Cade that comes to mind. Um, I'm not from Detroit, by the way. I'm just from Michigan. When you're a Detroit fan, that's the first Cade. Cade McNamara from Michigan coming in. He's the best quarterback they've had, definitely better than last year. I'm not going to go back into Iowa's quarterback history and think about all the quarterbacks that they've had in the past, but he's he's a really good quarterback, and Iowa needed that badly because their quarterback sucked last year. Let's be honest. Um, He'll be a huge help on offense. You also have his teammate, Eric All, who's going to be right there with uh, Luke Lockley at the tight end position. So they're going to be stacked at tight end. Um, So they're going to have new weapons that uh, McNamara will be able to throw it to. Here's the problem, though. Their defense is only returning 49% of their production from last year, according to AthlongSports.com. Never heard of them before, but I was researching on them today. That's the lowest in the Big Ten defensively for a team that was really good defensively. So um, it's kind of like the Wisconsin mentality that I have with Iowa. They're always good on defense, so I just figure they're going to figure it out and they're going to they're gonna coach those guys up. Um, doesn't mean it's going to happen, but uh, I'm guessing that it's going to. I don't know why. I just think their defense is going to be fine. And I think they're going to win the Big Ten West. I think they're going to go to Indianapolis. Um, anything else on Iowa? I Like I already talked about this, their biggest, I think their toughest loss is going to be at Iowa State Week 2. And then I think that their biggest win is going to be when they go on the road to Wisconsin. When you take all that away, you look at the Big Ten West, you have Iowa finishing in first place, Wisconsin second, Purdue third, Nebraska down in fourth place. You got Illinois Northwestern, and then this might be a surprise, but I like the Gophers to be. Can you say you like something if it's like a bad thing? I like Minnesota to be in last place. I don't know. Can you say you like that? I think Minnesota's going to be in last place. It's honestly, you know what? It's hard to say that because of what Northwestern did last year, but uh, I just don't have a lot of confidence in Minnesota this year. I just don't. I don't. When you lose one of my favorite players in Mo Ibrahim, I just don't I don't love that. Um, so that was the West. I thought about doing this in two different pods. Should I do that? No, I'm gonna just keep going. All right. Um, let's go to the east real quick. I'll go faster on this. All right, so we're going out east. In last place in the east. This should not be a surprise to anybody. I have Rutgers. What can I say about the University of Rutgers? That would be nice. I 
can't think of it. Um, I looked over their roster and nothing was jumping off the page to me at all. Uh, you can't really say that they <laughs> lost their starting quarterback. I think they had six different quarterbacks last year, at least go under center at some point or another. Um, but this year it's going to start out with <laughs> Gavin Wimsat. Yeah, um, I'm just not excited about Rutgers at all this year. I think they they lose the first game to Northwestern, and then it's just all downhill from there. Um, I have them winning two games this year, and neither of them are in the Big Ten Conference. I don't think that they're going to win a single Big Ten game this year. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but when you go down their schedule, you got Michigan, Wisconsin, maybe Michigan State at home, maybe. Indiana, maybe. Not Ohio State. I mean, they're playing the best teams in the Big Ten. Michigan, Penn State, Iowa. They don't have uh, Ohio State at home. I mean, you're not winning any of those four games. I can tell you that for sure. Um, You got Virginia Tech coming to. I mean, that's just a rough. It's going to be a rough, rough season for Rutgers. I think. I think. I just don't see I don't see the talent that they have. I don't see where they're improving at. I, I feel like they're getting worse before they're going to get better. So that's Rutgers. They're going to be in last place. Right above them, a team that is going to beat Rutgers this year is Michigan State. Um, Mel Tucker is not coming, despite what Michigan State fans might think. I think this is going to be his fourth, maybe fifth year. I think it's his fourth year. Um, and they're going to struggle this year, I think. Uh, what do you have to look forward to if you're a Michigan State fan? You have Jalen Berger coming back. He had almost 700 yards for them. Um, Trey Mosley is going to be your best receiver that you have returning. You'd like that not to be true. You'd like it to be Keon Coleman is your best receiver returning, but he's not. Keon Coleman is not coming back, and neither was the quarterback from last year, Peyton Thorne. I've talked about those guys in the past, but they're both gone. They're going to, what is it, Florida State and Auburn. Peyton Thorne's going to Auburn, right? I think that's right. Um, And then you had Jaden Reed last year, and you don't have him anymore because he's going to be playing for the Packers this year. Um, You look at the defense, which was really bad, especially in the defensive backfield. Your best player on defense last year was probably Kendall Brooks. Don't Google that, by the way, because it's also a porn star's name. I found that out today. I didn't get sidetracked, though. I stayed focused. Um, Kendall Brooks isn't there anymore either, though. He got signed by the Cardinals. So the defense, when you're looking at Michigan State's defense, which is probably, I mean, they're going to be bad on both sides of the ball. I'm going to be honest. You have Jacoby Winman coming back. You have Cal Holiday, And those are both the linebackers. So at least you have something in the middle of your defense that you can kind of rely on. Um, like I said, the defensive backs were already really bad. And then you just lost one that got signed to, I don't know how any of their defensive backs got signed an undrafted free agent. I don't know how that happens because they were all bad last year. Um, this is an impressive stat for Michigan state. They had two interceptions the entire year last year. One got returned for a touchdown, but two total interceptions. Yikes. Um, they're going to have a new quarterback. His name is Noah Kim. And they need him to be special if they're going to win any games. Because, again, you go down their schedule, you have Washington coming to town. 
Maryland coming to town. You're going to Iowa. You're going to play at Rutgers. Hopefully that's a win for you guys. Um, Michigan's going to come and smack that ass. Uh, you might not beat Minnesota. I don't know. There's a couple games in there where it's like you got to figure out how good their quarterback's going to be, how well they're going to be coached this year, and what their defense is going to look like before you can really decide on some of these games. But you're not going to beat Ohio State. You're not going to beat Penn State. You're not going to beat Michigan. I mean, you just go down the list. You're not going to beat Washington. You might struggle with Central Michigan. I'm not sure. Probably not. I think that they're probably going to beat Central Michigan. Um, but uh, the fact that that's questionable is going to be tough for them. I have them finishing at 4-8, and 2-7 and seven in the conference. Uh, their biggest win is going to be against Nebraska probably. And then I think they'll have a tough loss against Maryland at home because I think that Maryland's slightly better than them. Uh, finishing in fifth place in the Big Ten East, I have Indiana. How long have I gone? Oh, I'm almost at 30 minutes. I got to go quicker. Um, who do you have coming back if you're Indiana? You have Cam Camper coming back, a wide receiver. They're going to have a lot of new guys this year. They have the most transfers coming in than any other Big Ten team this year. So you're not going to know a lot of their names. I think that they'll win at Rutgers. I think they'll have a tough loss against Maryland, just like Michigan State will. Um, they have a guy named Anthony Jones who's coming in. I've talked about him before from Oregon. So you got a new linebacker on defense. They may improve a little bit on defense, but they have to. They were the only team in the Big Ten last year that gave up 400 points on defense. That's it. It was them. If you made a list of all the teams that gave up 400 points, it would have one team on it. It'd be Indiana. So that's got to improve. It can only get better, right? It has to get better. Um, but even with all that being said, I still <laughs> think that they're going to be slightly better than Michigan State and uh, Rutgers somehow, some way. I think it may be the way that the schedule shakes out because they get to play. Um, let's see. Who do they get to play at home? Do I really have them? Do I have them winning that many games? Oh, I have them tied with Michigan State. Oh, but I have them beating Michigan State. That's why they're ahead of them. That's what it is. One of those last games of the year. Um, they're going to have the same exact record, though, as how I see it playing out, 4-8 and eight and 2-7 and seven in the conference. Let's move on. I don't want to talk about Indiana any longer. Maryland, who was a team that was, like, so hot and cold last year, um, I think that they'll be pretty much the same this year. They're returning only nine total starters. That's the least amount in the Big Ten, I believe. Maybe one other team has less. Um, but they they do have their quarterback coming back. They have Tanga Vailoa coming back. They have uh, their leading rusher, Roman Hemby, coming back. Is that saying anything, though? Because I don't think he had – he had like 600 yards last year. I mean, it's not super impressive, but at least you have a guy that's coming back that's played before. And then uh, Jashawn Jones – is their leading receiver also coming back um, for an offense that actually surprisingly was ranked fifth in the Big Ten last year as far as points go. Um, I think that's why they kind of stayed in some games and they weren't as bad as they could have been because their defense wasn't great and it's going to get worse. Deontay Banks was a like top guy in the Big Ten. He got drafted in the first round by the Giants. That's what I mean by top guy. He was a first-round pick. Um, so you're losing him in the defensive backfield. So I think that they'll kind of stay status quo on defense. Um, I have them finishing 8-4. and four. Their biggest win, it's going to be a big game, and it's going to be early in the season. Week 3 against Virginia would be a huge win for them because Virginia should be pretty good. So if they can win that game, they might turn some things around. Um, the one thing that they have going for them is that they have four of their first five games at home 
and that I'm sorry. Yes. And that fifth game is at Michigan State, which is a very winnable game. I could easily see Maryland starting 5-0, and but then you have to play Ohio State, and that's going to be trouble for them. Um, you look at the transfer portal for them, and you just don't see a lot of impactful guys. At least I didn't. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I'm not a Maryland expert, like I said. Uh, I look for them to kind of just stay the same. I've been saying that. Here's a quote that I did see, though. Um, nope, that's about a different team. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Sorry, I need to get this highlighted. What do I see? Uh, Maryland. Hope I just put that quote in the wrong spot. I'm an idiot, you guys. I put a Penn State quote down here with Maryland for some reason. I'll have to come back to that. But anyways, uh, Maryland. Like I said, eight and four, five and four in conference. Uh, big game against Virginia, third week. That's what you kind of should be circling if you're a Maryland fan, because the first two games are going to be blowouts and they're definitely going to win those games so you got those four bottom teams and that leaves uh in the east michigan ohio state and penn state at least how that's how it finished last year and that's not how i see it finishing this year in third place i have ohio state and when you start looking at these schedules you'll start seeing who i think is going to actually win the conference um you have a new quarterback you got exposed last year by Michigan in the defensive backfield, so I think that teams are going to start trying to air it out a little bit more um, against uh, Ohio State. Your top two tacklers, Steel Chambers and Tommy Eichenberg, will be back on defense, so you got some returners. Kyle McCord's the new guy that's taken over for C.J. Stroud, um, who got obviously drafted by Houston this year in like the top five picks. Um, the one thing that Kyle has going for him this year is that he's got the best wide receiver in the conference, Marvin Jones Jr., flanked out to either his right or left, wherever he decides to line up, and uh, he'll be able to throw it up to him at any time and probably get some yards. You also have two top running backs right behind you. So I think that Ohio State's offense, and those running backs, by the way, are Mayan Williams and uh, Travion Henderson. With all of those guys you still have a new quarterback, basically a new quarterback. Kyle's played a little bit before, but he's not going to be C.J. Stroud for you this year. So what Ryan Day is going to have to do is kind of build their offense around, I think, the running game, first of all, because you have two really good running backs, but also put Kyle in situations where he's super comfortable. You're not going to be able to do what you did with C.J. Stroud last year where you can just drop him back and trust him to make an excellent decision. Or maybe you can. Maybe Kyle's better than I think he is. I don't think he's as good as C.J. Stroud. So I don't think you're just going to be able to put him back there and like win a bunch of games and just air it out like crazy. Um, when you go through their schedule, I like I like most of it. I think they're going to start out about 6-0. and And then um, I think their toughest loss is going to be at home against a really good Penn State team. Really good Penn State team. Uh, is going to come in and knock Ohio State off. If you remember last year, Penn State at Penn State, when they were playing Ohio State, I thought they had that game won, and then they absolutely choked it away in the fourth quarter. My ring is going crazy right now. Who's outside my house? Um, choked it away in the fourth quarter, like majorly. So I think that that's going to be fresh on Penn State's mind. I think that um, – I just think that they're going to win that game. 
and that's going to be a huge game. It's not going to be till the middle of the season, but you look at the rest of Ohio State's schedule, I mean, what are you really circling early on? Maybe Notre Dame week four, but I think Ohio State proved last year. Didn't they play them last year and just shit all over them? I think that they're going to do the same thing this year to Notre Dame. Um, man, it's tough to say that a team as good as Ohio State's going to finish third in the East, but when you got the other two teams that I'm about to talk about, I think it kind of makes sense, and maybe I'm wrong. It's going to be exciting. I did say this, though. I want to put a precursor on this. I said that the East was going to be what the West was last year in the fact that they're not going to have it figured out until like the end of the season, and uh, we're not really going to know what who's going to win it until the possibly even the last game, especially with that last game being um, – Michigan and Ohio State at Michigan. And I think, by the way, if you're looking at the schedule right now for Ohio State, I think Michigan's going to win that game again for the third year in a row, which is going to be tragic for Buckeye fans. But uh, Michigan's got a good team. So let's talk about them because I have them finishing second this year. That's right. I don't think there's going to be a three-peat in the Big Ten Championship. I think that Michigan's going to finish second. They have a very favorable schedule. I think that they're only going to lose one game. And that one game is going to be at Penn State. And that's tough for them because that one game is probably going to either keep them out of the playoffs or depending on what other conferences do, they're going to be that one-loss team that gets in like they did two years ago when they lost to uh, Michigan State. Um, They have a very favorable schedule, though. They don't schedule anybody good the first three weeks. They never do. Those games always suck. And then you go Rutgers, Northwest, or Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan State. I mean, they're going into their bye week. And to me, there's not a shadow of a doubt that they're going to be undefeated when they come out of their bye week to play Purdue. Um, and they're probably going to win that game. And then they have the big – They're really, they don't have to any t- – I mean, I hate to say this about the Big Ten, but Michigan's so stacked that they don't have tough games this year. It's Penn State and Ohio State, and that's it. I mean, if you really care about Michigan football, you don't have to watch them until November. You really don't, because they're going to win the rest of their games. That's just how it's going to be. Why are they going to win the rest of their games? They have uh, J.J. McCarthy coming back. They have Blake Corum coming back. They have an arguably better running back in Donovan Edwards coming back, who absolutely torched Ohio State last year. Everyone thought they were going to be down. Oh, crap. Blake Quorum's hurt. He's not going to play against Ohio State, or maybe just a little bit. They said, screw that. We'll just put Donovan Edwards in, and he'll just run all over them. Um, I mean, they just have everybody, basically everyone on defense coming back. 84% of their offense, 78% of their defense is coming back for a team that went undefeated in the regular season and won the Big Ten Championship and lost a heartbreaker to TCU. Um, Cornelius Johnson is back. Colston, Barrett, Johnson, Sandstrill, they're all back. Everyone's coming back. The only guy that's not back is a guy that didn't even play last year, Henning, who's going to Northwestern. So um, I just see them cruising basically till November um, into that Penn State game, which is going to be a massive game. It's going to be crazy because I honestly think that both those teams are going to be undefeated going into that game. So it's going to be huge. Um, and then the last team, i got to finish this up. I'm almost at 40 minutes. Is Penn State. I don't see them losing this year. I don't see them losing this year. I just don't. they got 14 guys coming back. They have 
by far, and this is not even up for debate at this point, I think they have, I mean, I guess Ohio State and Michigan would maybe debate it. Maybe, but I don't think it's up for debate. They have the best running back room in college football. I'm just going to say it. Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen, Trey Potts is an insane backfield. And two of those guys are only sophomores, which is insane. It was the first two guys I listed. Um, they just have a they they have so much coming. Okay, what what did they lose? Let's think about what they lost. Sean Clifford. Okay, that's fine. Did you watch last year when Sean Clifford went down? Because I did. They have a kid named Drew Aller who came in and looked like he didn't give a shit that he was playing, because in a good way, by the way. Dude was just super poised. He was the third best kid coming out in his high school class, period. All positions. He was the best quarterback coming out of his high school class, period. He was the best player from Ohio coming out, period. He's good. He's going to be fine this year. I know he hasn't played a ton, but he is very poised and he's very talented. He's got a very, I keep saying very, he's got a super strong arm. So Drew Aller is going to be fine at quarterback for them. The one thing that I will say is I'm not positive who they're throwing to because they lose receivers Parker Washington and Mitchell Tinsley to the NFL. Um, so they're going to have to find some wide receivers. And I, to be honest, I don't know who those guys are. I probably could have researched a little bit longer and found out like where their wide receivers are coming from. But to me, it doesn't matter. I think they're going to run the ball down everyone's throat. And I know that their quarterback's going to be able to get the ball to whoever's out there. Um, here's the quote that I almost said earlier. Marty Leap from SB Nation. I've been talking about their offense. Here's what they he said about their defense. Penn State's defense will not only be the best in the Big Ten, but it'll be in the conversation for best defense in FBS. Again, that was from Marty Leap. I don't know about their defense, so I had to research and find somebody that did. Sounds like he knew about it, and it that was that was a convincing enough quote for me to say, if their defense is even kind of good, they're going to be fine. If he thinks they're going to be the best in the Big Ten, which I think Michigan would like to have a conversation about that, but um, if they are, that game's going to be crazy. The Michigan game's going to be crazy. The Ohio State game's going to be crazy, but I think that Penn State can win both of them. Um, we'll know by the time they play Ohio State if they're legit or not because that game's going to be on the road. But uh, I'm not super convinced that Ohio State's that great at home anymore, especially after watching Michigan just tear them apart last year. And I think Penn State's right up there with Michigan, and I think that they're going to be pissed off about last year's game, and I, they're going to go win it. So that's how I see it, Big Ten East standings, when the season is all over as I try to switch cameras here, um, Penn State going undefeated, going to the Big Ten Championship game. Michigan State losing that one game to them, 11-1, 8-1 overall. And then you have Ohio State right behind them. Maryland, Indiana, uh, Michigan State, and Rutgers down there at the bottom. Um, and that's how I see it shaking out. Big Ten Championship means, uh, or what? what does that mean? If I could talk, I've been talking for too long. I need to stop. 45 minutes is a long-ass podcast, um, for me at least. Big Ten Championship is going to be Iowa versus Penn State. I think this goes without saying, but um, I think that Penn State's going to win it. I think they're going to be better than Iowa defensively. I think they're going to be too much for Iowa's defense to handle. 
I think they could probably run the ball 75% of the time against Iowa and win the Big Ten Championship. And uh, Penn State will be in the playoffs next year undefeated. That's it. That's the pie. That's how I see it shaking out. Shout out to Batman who was here again with me. Thank you. Thank you, sir, for listening to all that. Um, tell me what you think. What I get right, what I get wrong. Um, why do I have a zit on my lip? It's not a, it's not herpes. Because it's down here a little bit farther. I do have one on my lip, though, too. I'm just noticing that towards the end of the pod. Anyways, uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, excited to get these guests on coming up so I can be able to say, hey, this is what I said about this. Now agree or disagree with me, and then we'll go from there. We'll see you guys next week sometime. Um, have a good summer. You know, summer just started for my kids, literally. You guys heard them. I had to pause the episode to come let them in the house. Uh, enjoy your summer. I don't I don't know what else to say here at the end. Uh, see you guys uh, in the future. Is that what I was going to say? Is that what my closing line was going to be? I don't know. Figure it out. Oh, I messed that up.